0: Got it now, Amen. Well, we primarily do series uh, on Wednesday nights, and that's because Wednesday nights kind of what we would call school of the Bible. I wouldn't necessarily call it a a Bible school, but we 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 talk about Bible subjects. In order to really understand a Bible subject, you've got to teach on it at length, so you you know it from the beginning and the end. And so we've been talking about benefits. Of Redemption and this is our eighth installment in this and if you want to see more of this you can go to our website birthedfamilychurch.org and these videos are up for 60 days from when they're placed on uh, or in uh, that server and so you can watch them uh, for at least that amount of time we also uh, do put in a recordings that that lasts forever, and then if you can find our YouTube page for the church, Bertha's Family Church, uh, .org, uh, th- I think those YouTube videos are up forever. Now those are unedited, and they'll have music and announcements and giving up, you know, giving the offering. But you can go forward through that and get just the teaching. Amen. So just wanted to get you up to speed where you can watch some more of these. We finally got into this place of explaining what was how Jesus purchased. Our redemption, and we talked about how there's a natural side of what He did, that that which can be perceived by our senses, and then there's an unseen uh, things that He did that that no man saw, and only by revelation, primarily uh, the Apostle Paul, reveals what He did from the cross until He sat down at the throne, and so we started that last week. And we identified that there's at least five things that Jesus did to purchase our salvation that no man saw, because it was done in the realm of the Spirit, and some of it was done actually in heaven, in the temple of God there in heaven before God. And so we're, we're looking at these tonight. We looked at one aspect of what Jesus did uh, from the cross to the throne last week. And that was we found out that Jesus didn't simply die physically on the cross. Now, many witnessed that, and we we have that evidence uh, in uh, the Bible. But Jesus did more than just die physically on the cross. If he had just died physically, that would have not been enough to take our place. What we needed was eternal life because we had fallen from God and we were spiritually dead or separated from God. So Jesus on the cross died spiritually. We saw that take place when when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So he was a fallen spirit while still in his body before he died physically. And then when he gave up the ghost, so to speak, that's what the scripture says in the King James, when his spirit left his body when his body died then jesus number 2 jesus went to hell so jesus died spiritually number 1 second of all because he was estranged or separated from god when his spirit his fallen spirit came out of his body jesus went to hell i want you to see here in matthew chapter 12 verse 40 say jesus died both physically and spiritually. Now look here in, in Matthew 20, verse 40. It's, it says, and this is Jesus speaking, this is the King James Version. It says, For as Jonas, or as we know him, Jonah, was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man Notice how Jesus identifies himself as the Son of Man. He always talked about himself being 100% man while being 100% God. Remember, he's representing us, so he identified with being the Son of a Man. So he calls himself the Son of Man must be what? Three days and three nights. Where? In the heart or in the center of the earth. Now, we know that this heart of the earth is a reference to the place called hell, the place reserved for the devil and his kingdom. It's interesting, quite a few years ago, probably at least 10 years ago, I I had a young lady here at the church, and she came up to me and, and was questioning if there was a hell or not. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I never was never asked that question before. That's kind of out there. And I said, well, of course there is. And she said, well, I looked up the word hell in the Bible, and I, I couldn't find hardly any references to it. Well, we've coined that name hell, and we've used that name, even though maybe you can't find that word. You can't find the word trinity in the Bible either, but... It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Amen? And so I tried to explain to her that there's a lot of examples of hell that don't say hell. And this is one of them. Notice it says that the Son of Man, that would be Jesus, was going to spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Understand that that's the place of where the devil... And his cohorts and his family are going to go to when they leave this earth so understand that Jesus took our place of judgment there in hell that we were destined for you see he not only had to taste death for every man but he also had to taste the punishment that we're going that were we were destined to receive so Prior to his substitution on the cross, Jesus made this prediction. Look here over on Mark chapter 14. Now we're talking about how Jesus went to hell. Mark 14, 58. We have heard him say, talking about someone rehearsing what Jesus had said to try and accuse him of blasphemy... He said, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands and within three days I will build another without hands. Now they interpreted what Jesus said meaning that he was going to destroy uh, the temple of Solomon. He was going to destroy that temple that was there in Jerusalem and then three days he was going to build it back up. Well, no, he was talking about The temple of where his spirit lived his body aren't you and I the temple of God Amen. amen and then he we see what exactly happened here in Matthew 27 50 remember he told them that his temple was going to be destroyed and in three days he was going to build another look here in in Matthew 27 50 Jesus, this is here when he was on the cross, Matthew 27, 50, when he had cried again with a loud voice, he yielded up the ghost, and behold the veil of the temple. So this is talking about the temple of Solomon. I believe that's the correct temple, and if I'm wrong, please correct me later on um, so I can get that right. Behold the veil of the temple. And this was in the Holy of Holies. The historians say that this, this curtain that protected the Holies of Holies, where, where the Ark of the Covenant was, where the very presence of God was, this curtain was about a foot thick and was quite large in width and height. Notice what happens here. So when he, his body... Or excuse me, when his spirit left his body, in verse 50, it says that the veil that had include, enclosed the, the Holy of Holies in the temple was rent or torn. Now, notice how it was torn, and this is significant. It was torn from the top to the bottom. Meaning that either an angel did it, or maybe the exit of the Holy Spirit tore it that way. But notice it wasn't torn from the bottom as if a man did it, but it got torn from the top as some kind of a spiritual being did it. And it says at the same time, the earth did quake and the rocks rent. That's when the temple was destroyed. The veil of the temple was rent, And that's because it was the dwelling place of the presence of God. The man-made temple that was destroyed in three days became a new temple that was being created by God for you and me. And that temple is the believer. So what's happening is, is that when Jesus died spiritually, then the very presence of God left that man-made temple and then because of the price that Jesus was going to pay purifying making uh, our spirit man holy and separated unto God through becoming a new creature in Christ then God the Holy Spirit can then come in and dwell in us Ooh. and he made that he got that done in three days right the three days he was in hell and then resurrected out of there. And, and 1 Corinthians 3.16 tells us that you and I are now that temple. Know ye not? I like the way it says that. Well, don't you know? <laughs> if you can say that in a Minnesota uh, accent. Well, don't you know? Or maybe Canadian. I'm, I'm not good at accents. <laughs> don't you know that you are Who? Point to yourself and say, I am. am. You're this temple that Jesus made. Hallelujah. You are the temple of God. And what? It says that the spirit of God, where does he live? In you. Hallelujah. And so all that Jesus did without anyone seeing it was for the human race. I'm going to read from John 3.16. You know, we've read this verse so much that I think we don't read it anymore. What do you mean, read it anymore? Well, you know, when you read something for the first time, don't you try and understand what it means? Well, then once you think you know what it means, when you read it another time, you just read it. You recite it almost. You chant it. You're just speaking words, but you're not thinking about what the words might mean. And that's what that's a real danger in scriptures that we know well but when you read it in another translation then all of a sudden it's almost like the first time you've read it and you can get some things from that you should every every believer should have multiple translations and that's so easy with our Bible apps right you don't have to spend 50 bucks a Bible like we used to back in D-Day <laughs> to, to get a multiple translations you, you're, you're, your app will get it done. Now listen to this from the women's version, the Amplified. John three sixteen. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his one and only begotten Son so that whosoever believes and trusts in him as Savior shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge and to condemn the world, that is, to initiate the final judgment of the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And that's why he died spiritually. He had to take our place in hell as a fallen man be penalized like we were going to be penalized and then be raised to newness of life so number one he died number two he died spiritually and number three Jesus was resurrected from that state of being separated from God remember in hell His spirit was void of life. He's still living as an eternal spirit, but there's no life in his spirit. It was void of life. That's why Jesus said about you and I, I I have come to give you life and that more abundantly. It's that life that came into us when we received Jesus from the dead that resurrected us and imparted life into us. That impartation of that life is what made us a new creature and that resurrection that we received. So, Jesus was resurrected from the dead. So, as we said, Jesus spent three days, three nights in hell. There, suffered the punishment of sin for mankind. And then once the claims of justice were settled in our behalf, and Jesus has suffered... Enough for the human race, God raised him from the dead. Now, it is to be understood that the resurrection of Jesus was, was while He was under the authority of darkness. He was actually a citizen of darkness. Now understand it, we can't say this enough. We've had a lot of people say through the centuries. That, that God sends people to hell. And that's just not true. I said he can't do that. But if I'm a citizen of the kingdom of darkness, I've chosen that kingdom, and therefore I'll go to the place reserved for that kingdom after this life. So in essence, every individual chooses where they go after they leave this earth. God doesn't choose. In fact, he tells us, I've given you death and life before you. This is, the, this is the environment that you now live in on earth. There's a kingdom of darkness. There's a kingdom of light. And then he says, choose life. Amen. Choose light. Yes. And when you choose that, and, you, and that, you do that by receiving Christ into your life, by, by, by confessing him as Lord, inviting him into your life, now you've been born into his kingdom, and you automatically are going to heaven. No one goes to heaven based on their works. No, you go to heaven based on what kingdom you live in, what spiritual kingdom you live in. Amen? And so, because Jesus was a fallen spirit separated from God, God didn't send him to hell. He went there because that's really where his kingdom goes. If he's in that kingdom, that's where he's going to go. And that's where he went. He was there three days, three nights. And understand that God raised him from the dead when he was not only a citizen of the kingdom of darkness in hell, but he was under the authority of that kingdom. He was in the devil's backyard. And so he was actually being held there. Restrained there. Who knows what he endured for those three days and three nights? Understand that the resurrection from the dead, and this is true about you and I as well as it is about Jesus, the resurrection from the dead can only be accomplished by complete defeat of the devil and his kingdom. There was a time that you and I, while on this earth, were under a yoke and a bondage of this kingdom of darkness before we received Christ as our Savior. And there's a lot of things that came in our life simply because we were in his kingdom and under his influence. But when we receive the resurrection from the dead, all those bondages, all those entanglements, all those areas of influence were removed. Can I shout right now? Hallelujah! Amen? Now understand, we, from that point on, we have to walk in light to stay out from under those entanglements moving forward. But for Jesus to be raised from the dead is an indication that at that time he defeated death, hell, and the eternal grave. Yeah. Yeah. Now look here in Colossians, a familiar portion of scripture. Colossians chapter 2. Looks like we've got an awful lot here about this resurrection. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. He begins in the King James by saying, And you, so this is you before Christ. This is before Jesus paid the price for our sins. You were dead, and that's talking about spiritually dead. That's not physical death. You were spiritually dead. Why? Because of the condition of our trespasses and of our uncircumcised or purified flesh. God made us alive together with him. So understand, I don't want to go into a depth here, but when, when Jesus went to hell, he went to hell with our sin, our fallen sin condition. So in essence, in the eyes of God, so did we go to hell. Because Jesus didn't go to hell because of his sin. He doesn't have any sin. But God placed our sin on him, so he became sin. So in essence, because he was bearing our sin, you and I went to hell. In the eyes of God spiritually speaking and so when Jesus was raised from the dead guess who else was raised from the dead Yay. Woohoo! you're looking at him right so if I died with Christ that's what baptism is showing what are baptisms showing that I died with Christ Amen. right and then I also was raised like Christ out of the water right as a new creature So we were made alive. God made alive together. That's you and I, together with him. And that meant that we've been forgiven from all our trespasses. How's that possible? Because you became a new creature. And you no longer have a past. So all that we did wrong is now erased. And we've received a new nature. God's nature. Amen. Notice this, verse 14. By canceling, everybody say cancel. cancel, He canceled the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands. Yeah. Woo-hoo. How many times have you been reminded of things that you've done wrong? Well, guess what? That can't be God saying it. Because He says he canceled the record of debt cancel means he destroyed it he erased it he eliminated it amen you does a baby born on in the earth have a past no, no. will get will me as a new creature being born again and i become a brand new believer in christ as a spiritual baby do i have a past not spiritually speaking i don't That's why Paul referenced to forget those things that are behind. Number one, you can't change them. And number two, they they don't make you or they don't identify you anymore because you're no longer that person. I don't know how many times I've been reminded of things that that I did as a young boy, as that I did as a teenager, as I did as a young man, and the devil's going... And of course, he doesn't say, hey, I'm the devil, I'm I'm going to condemn you right now. These are just thoughts that you think maybe is coming from God. He likes to pretend that he's you, and, and he likes to pretend that he's God with the thoughts that he brings. You can always see, you can always discern when things are coming from out here because they condemn, they point the finger, and they just make you feel bad. God's not going around making people feel bad. But guess who is yeah. our enemy, yeah. right? And also our mother-in-law. So you just got to be careful who you're listening to. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, j- just in case my wife was watching, my mother-in-law, Alice Falco Colangelo, the best mom ever. If you wonder why my wife is so wonderful, Alice had a lot to do with that. And I never had a problem with my mother-in-law. She was always so nice to me, and of which I didn't deserve, but yet she was nice anyway. And so she, she's a real blessing. But I think it's funny when we use that term, mother-in-law. Amen. <laughs> okay, anybody remember where we were? Oh, verse 14, right? Canceling. We can't park there long enough. All the nasty things of our past have been erased. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Now we may be able to find some dirt on you when we Google you, Uh-oh. <laughs> but that's, that's talking about the outer man. Right? We're not this outer man. We're the guy on the inside, Amen. right? Amen. We're the new creature on the inside, yes. and we're brand new, Yay. and we're now we're holy, now we're perfect. I can find your scripture don't look at me in that tone of voice we are the righteousness of God we are the children of God and we have his life in his nature Woo hoo! that's something to get excited about yeah you get it glory to God so he canceled that dead that stood against us that separated us from God and he did that with his legal demands and This he set aside. He nailed it to the cross. Everything that you were and everything that you did, everything I was, everything I did, God nailed it to the cross and judged it. Because sin always requires judgment. And so instead of judging us, he judged Jesus. Don't you just love them? Both God who sent him and God who paid the price. Or excuse me, God who sent him and Jesus who paid the price. Mm, I get excited. Now, check this out. We talked about how resurrection had to, at the same time, when, when Jesus conquered death spiritually and became alive, he was the firstborn from the dead. He was actually born again in hell. Actually, you and I at the same time were born again in hell. And we were healed in hell. And we were blessed financially in hell. He became poor so that we could be made rich. Substitution. He became everything we were and everything that was on us because of the fallen condition of man. But through resurrection... He then not only had to become alive, but he had to conquer those who made him dead. And so in hell, Jesus conquered the devil, conquered his kingdom, and destroyed all of the fruit or offspring of sin, like sickness and disease and poverty and all that the curse brought. Amen? So look here in verse 15. Still with me, Colossians 2? Jesus did what? He disarmed. He did what? He, He took away... how Satan was armed to destroy us. He was disarmed. The rulers... notice that's plural... And the authorities, this is the whole structure of the kingdom of the devil. He stripped every player in that kingdom of their authority against you and I. And there, and put them to what an open shame, triumphing over them. In it now that's a little blind to us Westerners What was he talking about he triumphed over them in it well back in the day when kings ruled kingdoms and a- another kingdom comes in and destroys that kingdom and, t- and overtakes a kingdom and dethrones that king what they would do is they would take that king They would take his council, his board, all the authorities of that nation, and they would parade them as prisoners through the entire city so that everyone, everyone in that city would see that they were dethroned, that they were no longer in power. And here I am. I'm the one who's in power now. Jesus did that in hell. He held Satan by the scruff of his neck, and all of his generals, and all of his, you know, his whole rank and file of his kingdom, and he drug them through hell and showed everyone in hell that he was defeated, and I'm now have the keys. Amen. This is what Jesus said: I got the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Yes. And this fallen angel, he's defeated. Yes. Amen. So he triumphed. He triumphed over them in him. Let's let's look at that from the Amplified, verse 15 of Colossians 2. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities those supernatural forces of evil operating against us he made a public example of them exhibiting them as captives in his triumphant processional having triumphed over them through the cross oh glory to god now understand That when Jesus was raised from the dead, most importantly, he was raised spiritually. Because that's significant. Because you and I needed to be raised spiritually. So Jesus became the first one to be raised in his spirit or to be born again. But he also was raised from the dead physically. Now, I want you to picture this. When he did all his business in hell, he was raised by the glory of God. He was raised by the Spirit of God to newness of life. He went around and dethroned and defeated all of our enemies in hell. And then in his risen spiritual state, he came up from hell, and his spirit went into his physical body that was in that tomb. When that happened, his body was resurrected. And he received a flesh and bone body. A flesh and bone body. Which gave him the ability to not be impeded by any physical obstacles. He could walk through walls. And so here in this tomb... Yes, the, the stone was rolled away to signify his resurrection, but he didn't need that to happen. He could have just walked right through. Amen. Yeah. But he opened that tomb so that everyone would see that not only is he now raised from the dead spiritually, but he also is raised the, from the dead physically. Amen. Amen. And I'm, I'm believing that there's a, and some of you might not even know what I'm talking about, but I believe there's a blockbuster in heaven. Blockbuster is a place where we used to get movies that were on a big VHS tape and watch them at home. But I believe in heaven, there are recordings of all these events, videos as they were. Who knows, maybe we'll have some kind of a device up there that we can go, hey, I want to see Jesus in hell. Oh, whoa, whoa. I want to see him defeat the devil in hell. Whoa! Hey, I like that. And then I want to see him come into his body and resurrect, see his body come alive. I want to see who moved that rock. Probably just one angel, but you know, it would be cool to see. Amen? So Jesus was raised both spiritually and physically. Look over here in, in Ephesians 1. We're just about done, guys. We're just about there. <laughs> Ephesians 1.19. Notice it says here, And what is the immeasurable greatness of power towards us? That would be those who believe. And it's according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and then seated him at that place at the right hand in the heavenly places. It says at this point he is now far above. Not just barely above, but far above. What, What are you far above, Jesus? All rule, all authority and power and dominion. And he's far above every name that is named. And that's pertaining. This authority is not just in the suite right now, but is also in this age, but also in every age that's to come. That says for all eternity, doesn't it? Hallelujah. And look here at verse 22. He has put all things under his feet. How many things? All things and gave him to be head over what all things and now get a load of this did he do this for himself no he did it to give it to you and I so he put all things under his feet he became head over all things and then gave it to the church I'm looking at the church the church is not a building we're the church we are the body of Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I already mentioned this. I want you to see it in Scripture. Through this resurrection of His Spirit, He became the first to be born again. Go to Colossians 1. Colossians 1.18. We're closing. We're fixing to close. <laughs> Colossians 1.18. It says that Jesus is the head of the body. Right? Everybody needs a head. Jesus is the head, we're the body. Amen. Or, Or he says, the church. Who is the beginning? Jesus is the firstborn. Or the first to be born again. From the dead. Remember, that's talking about dead spiritually. Remember, Jesus didn't simply die physically. He died spiritually, therefore... The need to be the firstborn from the dead. In all things that he might have preeminence. Meaning he's in the first place in everything. Amen. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 20. But now. But now is Christ risen from the dead. And became the first fruits. He's the first to be born again of them that slept or that were dead. Now understand that through resurrection, Jesus defeated the devil. We've said that 12 times already. Let's look at another scripture. Philippians 2.8. Jesus was found in the fashion as a man. He was 100% man, 100% God. He humbled himself. He became obedient to the death even the death on the cross, wherefore God also has highly exalted him and gave him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. Look at Revelations. Revelation 1, 18. This is Jesus Himself declaring who He is. I am He that liveth and was dead. We could say it this way I died for the world, but guess what? I conquered death and now I'm alive. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And guess what He's got? I've got the keys. I have the keys of the kingdom. He's got the keys of hell and of death. And Jesus has made us right with God. Romans 4.25 Jesus was delivered over to death. For what reason? For our sins and then was raised to life for our justification. Kind of sounds like that, that God made him to be sinned for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. You see, on the cross, he became our sin. And then through his, rec- his resurrection, we became his righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's a substitution. Jesus came to be the lamb. He became the sacrificial sacrifice for you and I. He became what we were and what we had to battle with on this earth. And he went through the whole gamut of what we were destined to suffer. Took our place through the judgment on the cross, took our place in hell, and then he took our place by being raised from the dead, and then he took our place when we would be seated at God's own right hand. And so now you and I through the new birth now being born into the kingdom of God we're now enjoying all that Jesus purchased for us. Now you understand it doesn't come to us automatically. Right? And that's because God gave us the power of choice. We have to choose it. Aren't you glad that you've chosen life tonight? Aren't you glad you chose Jesus tonight? Aren't you glad you've been raised from the dead with Jesus? Aren't you glad that you're eternally alive and on your way to heaven? Aren't you glad the devil's under your feet? Woo! I'm happy. Well, we just preached ourselves healthy tonight. Glory to God. Father, we're so thankful. We're so thankful for what you've done. First of all, you didn't have to do it. And second of all, we couldn't do it. But because of your love, because you saw value in us, because you love us, you sent Jesus. And he's tasted death for every one of us. He was punished for every one of us. And he was resurrected for every one of us. So right now we lift our heart and say thank you. thank you. Oh, thank you for what you've done. Oh, hallelujah. I'm alive because you were raised from the dead. I'm alive because you conquered death in my behalf. I'll live forever with you because you bear away my sin and all the fruit thereof. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm glad you're with us tonight. We'll, we'll wrap this up next time, and we'll get into the other two areas that Jesus represented us in that spiritual realm, yes. and it'll be good. Hey, you're blessed. I'm <laughs> you. Hello, and welcome to Birthed Family Church Podcasts.